Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Houndcast. I hope that everyone has been doing well. And today we are very excited to bring another young alum to us today. And as part of my co-host here for today's episode, I have Matt Nesto, class of 2016 and recent graduate uh, student from the class of 2021. Matt is our assistant director of a student and young alumni engagement. Matt, how are you today? Good, Justin. How are you doing? Nice, beautiful day we have out today. It is, absolutely. And Dylan Runny from the class of 2016 is our featured Houndcast guest. Dylan, how are you? Hey, Justin. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on today. Appreciate it. Good to see you, bud. I know that we haven't been able to see each other too much with with all the COVID you know, restrictions and stuff going on, but definitely looking forward to getting together this summer real soon. Absolutely. Well, for all of you uh, who might be tuning in today that may not know Dylan, as I said, Dylan is from the class of 2016, and he has a very interesting career trajectory throughout his post-Moravian life and, and his post-Moravian experience. So we're really excited to have Dylan on today and to be talking about what he's done and you know how he's grown since leaving Moravian. So first starting out, one question that we sort of ask all of our Houndcast guests is, telling us a little bit about yourself. And then furthermore, what made Moravian that ideal choice as you were kind of searching through, you know, all of your different college and university opportunities, what kind of made Moravian stand out? And and what was that one thing that you enjoyed about your time at Moravian and even possibly including some of the things that you might've been involved with on campus? Yeah, absolutely. So again, yeah, Dylan Runny, class of 2016. I was a business finance major. Also played baseball at Moravian, which was a big part of why I ended up there. And I'm currently the founder and CEO of a company called Phenom Digital. And we're a digital agency that focuses on enabling clients in retail clients in commerce, specifically online. But kind of going all the way back to Moravian, I mentioned playing baseball. And that was something really important to me growing up. And as I went through high school, it was something that became more and more important to me. And I wanted to further my career, right? And I wasn't really ready to give that up. So, you know, looking at a lot of schools out there, you know, I wanted to go to South Carolina and Florida and all these, these big schools that were playing the SEC and winning national championships. And then it turns out you got to be really good at baseball to play there. So that, that wasn't really going to be on the, on the plan there. And I decided to focus in on some smaller schools that would present me with an opportunity to play and, and grow with the team. And that's really what Moravian offered me. So I was recruited by uh, Coach Engelhart at Moravian and came on board in, in 2013. I was a freshman there. And had a great experience playing baseball with those guys like Matt and uh, really met some of my best friends there and won a couple of conference championships, went to the regionals a few times and overall just had a, had a great time with that as well as being kind of a part of the school. You know, I think my favorite thing about Moravian is just really the community and the people there and being at a small school, you knew everybody, we all had a good time. And I, I think it's kind of that close knit community really, really was what did it for me and kind of living with the big groups of people on campus. I know a lot of people weren't, weren't happy about it at the time, but I think it just made us all closer and allowed us to have good times that maybe our, our coaches and, and campus safety weren't always happy about, but uh, <laughs> it was always uh, it was always pretty fun. Uh, Dale, I could definitely remember us first coming to campus as freshmen, and I don't know if it was like on Facebook or Instagram, something you had a picture of you in a South Carolina uniform. I remember that. And we were all like, who's, who's this guy? You know, what schools is he looking at? Just hopes and dreams there, Matt. Just hopes and dreams. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel that. And I, and I definitely agree with you with that. Um, the, the bond that we all had and you and I, we, we had lived together our sophomore year down in the hill and that 
10 person suite. And I mean, I can remember when people asking, you know, now that I'm working with students a lot, you know, oh, what was some of your best experiences being down South and being with the 10 of us. And that was probably some of the most fun we had living all together. And it, it's really just an experience that you can't get really much other, other places with that bond of, I mean, we had 10 baseball guys all living under the same roof. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and then to expand on it, even like the, the faculty, right. Just being able to, to know everyone's name, have really close relationships with professors and advisors. And I, I think that touch really helps students kind of grow into what they need, want to do and what, where they want to go in life that you don't get at, at a lot of other colleges. And like, I talk about some of my experiences with friends from home or, or wherever, and it just wasn't the same, right? They were a number in their class and maybe they showed up, maybe they didn't, right? And I think looking back on it, that was a super beneficial part of, of going to Moravia. Yeah, I, th- I think one of the things that you said, Dylan, along with some of our other guests is that sense of accountability, right? You're not only learning accountability for the things that you're doing throughout your matriculation within your respective program at Moravian, but your faculty and the staff and administrators, they're all there to make sure that they can help you be accountable for yourself. And so I think, as you said, that that close bond and the close relationships that everyone makes at the, at the college and everyone has throughout their experience here at Moravian, I think is something that is really unique and, and really special. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that part about accountability, I, I always go back to playing baseball in the same way with teachers holding ownership and accountability kind of first. I think it's propelled me into some unique opportunities in life now and in my career by having a, maybe a little bit higher level of accountability and ownership than some other people in those avenues. And, you know, I always related back to one time I forgot to turn in a schedule to my coach and I think we ran for like three hours and that was the last time we ever did that. And it taught you the lesson of just you got to be accountable for your own actions and they impact the rest of the team and the rest of the people you're, you're working with. And same today, right? If I don't deliver a contract on time and we lose a deal, that is obviously going to impact the rest of the team as well. You know, we might not have to run as much, but there, there's some pretty big impacts. Right? Oh yeah. I could remember Dill Kochi always telling us, I'm going to be your hardest boss. And he was right. You know, if we, we mess up something now, our bosses for, for the most part, can't make us go run. Can't do any of that kind of stuff. It definitely kept us accountable. And something else that, you know, I notice with a lot of students nowadays is the ones who aren't playing a sport or doing that kind of stuff, their email inbox has countless emails, unread, unopened, all that kind of stuff. We had to check our email morning, afternoon, at night. You never knew when a practice was going to change. You never knew when something was going to be a little bit different than you thought it was. And gosh, if you miss that memo or or weren't on the bus on time or, or anything like that. It definitely groomed us, I think, very well to be in the real world. Yeah, absolutely. And, and even those things are stuff I instill in my team now today of just being accountable to your emails, making sure you're answering clients in a, a reasonable time, right? And I think that part of client service now that I'm in that business is, is super important. I think it just puts us above some of our competition the same way where we had to be accountable to, to practice them by the right time and turn in what we needed to turn in. Yeah, absolutely. So... Bill, I mean, I know we're, we're talking about, and you're touching briefly on what you've done now and everything with Phenom Digital, and we want to hear a little bit more about that, but you obviously didn't go from a college graduate right into your own company. So graduation back in May of 2016, then how did we get to this point of everything with Phenom? How did we get to May 25th and June, June 1st and all that kind of stuff, 2021? Yeah, kind of a, a unique scenario. I was interning for a company in college called Crown Partners. They were an SAP software implementation company, mainly focused on e-commerce at the time. So 
what that means is just generally the transactional piece of buying things online all the way through how it's filled, shipped, and hits your doorstep. So I, I went through the internship program there. I learned a lot and I was offered a full-time position out of college. At that same time frame, we were actually acquired by a company, Razorfish, which was about 9,000 people. So I went from being in this 500 person organization into about 9,000 and went through that transition. And that was great for my career because it kind of propelled me and put me in front of really large scope clients and kind of gave me some ownership around that and being fresh out of college and kind of being on site with these clients and learning from them and learning from the other team members it taught me a lot in a really quick period. So I ended up kind of being kind of a key point person on some of our accounts there, mainly because no one else wanted to travel to Michigan during Christmas time. <laughs> I was the young man, like low man on the total hole. So they, they sent me on my plane and I went out to a company, Whirlpool Appliances and worked on their, their site for 11 weeks in, in the middle of Christmas. And you were uh, available. You made yourself available though. That's something exactly. that a lot of young people right out of college aren't willing to do now. Yeah. And, and that was part, I, I just said yes to everything, right? I was like, yeah, I'll go, I'll, I'll figure it out. And there was a lot of stuff I was probably getting to know with my head on, but you know, you learn from it. Right. And I was yeah. willing to make the mistakes and I made a lot of them. My, <laughs> my boss, who was now my partner at the time called me up my first day and was like, listen, if, if you make 49 mistakes, you're still on the positive side of it. So, so don't be afraid to make them, just learn from them and figure out how to fix them. So I kind of took that forward through my career. And from there, I wanted to move into a sales role. So I, I just started asking people like, Hey, can I, can I come with you on a sales a sales trip? Can I come with you on a sales call? And we were selling pretty large scale projects, right? They're eight to $10 million engagements. So they didn't really want to bring the, the fresh out of college kid with them to sit in the room. But I kept asking, asking, asking. Finally, they let me come on one and I, I loved it. I was like, all right, this is what I want to do. Well, I was like, let me be a salesperson. They're like, absolutely not. You have no experience. You're not being a salesperson. <laughs> I'm like, oh, all right. So our leadership team kind of moved on after the acquisition of Razorfish. And I found an opportunity at Accenture. So I jumped from this 9,000 person company into this 400,000 person company. So another big change. What was unique about it was they sat me in one of their recent acquisitions as well. It's called this company, Media Hive. And we were a team of about 50 that was running their Salesforce Commerce Cloud practice, which was another commerce platform like SAP that I was implementing previously, but it was a kind of a new technology that was just acquired by Salesforce and a lot of opportunity around it. Uh, and we had some, some pretty big name clients and then we were rolled up into Accenture, which was this behemoth of a company. And I spent two years there. Through my time, I, I started taking on more responsibility and stuff. And what happened was I started kind of looking around the industry to figure out what was next. And what I noticed is a lot of companies were being acquired and the companies that were reacquired were between 50 and 200 people and they were get swallowed up in these big companies. And pretty much as soon as that happens, all the work gets shipped offshore to India, Pakistan, Ukraine, Philippines, wherever else, quality tends to fall off a little bit, but the rates keep going through the roof. So our project budgets were getting insane. Our quality was going down and my name was really on it from a delivery standpoint. And I was kind of, losing deals and I didn't know why. And I started doing some analysis around and figured out, hey, there was a need for these mid-market agencies that have been acquired in the space. And I, I think, you know, if someone was able to come build back one of those, those firms, there would be a really good opportunity to scale and, and have a nice business and support Salesforce specifically for the, the type of implementation partner they need. So I went to New York City one day and called my old boss, Richard Hearn, who is, is now my partner. And we sat down at this bar and kind of started scribbling on the back of a napkin. And I was like, man, I, I really think there's an opportunity here. I just don't know how to go do it. And he sold his last company, Razorfish, and he started two others. And at that point, he was the uh, global revenue manager at 
IBM. So he was running a, about a $2 billion software portfolio there. So a ton of industry experience. And he said, you know what, I'm in, I'll do it with you. I'll teach you everything I've learned over my career, all the mistakes I've made so you don't make them. And I'll put the investment dollars behind you to, to make sure this is, starts off on the right foot. So I quit my job at Accenture the next day to my, my parents shocked and started Phenom about three days later. So from there, we kind of started formulating our strategy. I flew out to Minneapolis and met, I went to try to go the highest up I could go in the Salesforce ecosystem and meet with someone who kind of ran their partner ecosystem and told him what I was going to do. And he kind of looked at me like I was crazy and said, well, all right, I'll call you back in a couple months when I close the deal. And I got my partner, Richard, to fly out to Phoenix with me. I got an opportunity with a, a past relationship I had in my network that was at this company, Leslie's Pool Supplies. And I pitched this kind of crazy implementation idea. They were going through this big project around their e-com websites and their backend architecture and infrastructure that was supporting shipping and payments and tax and you know, everything that you don't really think about when you're buying stuff online. And I, I proposed a solution that said, hey, give me a shot to do this for you. I will be very budget conscious. You have my full attention. I'll manage the project and I'll hire the team that you guys want. And they bid on it, right? And that was kind of the start of it. So we, we ended up landing one of the biggest Salesforce deals of 2019 as our first account. And we launched five new sites for them on a full digital transformation. We enabled them to do like buy online, pick up in store. We did a new order management platform for them. We did their Salesforce design, pretty much everything. We ended up being their, their partner of choice uh, for Salesforce system integrations, which is exactly what we do. And then from there, it was kind of snowball effect and started hiring the team and closed a couple more big deals like PacSun, Hot Topic, a company called Mitchell Gold, Bob Williams, they do high-end furniture, GNC uh, around supplements. And now we're about 10 to 12 pretty large enterprise clients and grew our team to about 64 people as of today. So it's been a, a pretty crazy ride over the last two years of pretty great growth. And now we're kind of getting to the point where we're starting to take the next step and continue to scale the team and bring in some of these really senior leaders to support me around it and teach me what I don't know about the industry. So that's kind of what led me to where I am today. It's incredible. And, and something that I, from all of that, at the end, you want to bring in people so that you're still learning. Because as much as we know, you could always know something more. And well, I think that's incredible that you're always still trying to gain an upper hand. I mean, if I'm the smartest person in the room with people I hired, I, I did a bad job hiring, right? Like <laughs> I need to be hiring people that know more than I do so I can lean on them and learn from them and they can help our clients and push them forward. Because again, I'm relatively young in the space. We're kind of building the plane as we're flying it here and figuring out as we go, but the faster we're going, the more infrastructure and leadership we need to bring in. So just recently brought in people that have been doing the same thing for 10 years, running these large scale businesses and, and they're bringing the process and really that maturity to the organization that we, we haven't had up to this point. So it's really an interesting time for us working on partnerships with Moravian branch into bringing on new students into our organization as well. So a lot of exciting things are on. I think another thing that's pretty incredible is kind of your hunger to move forward and your hunger to learn, you know, new things. And I think that's really led you to where you're at in your career now and continuing to build your company and, and continue to, uh, to put people in, in the positions that can help you further that success. So that's incredible. No, I appreciate it. Yeah. I, I credit a lot to uh, playing baseball at, at Moravian and the competitiveness that was driven into us. And you need to go win and you need to be doing better tomorrow than you did today. And the same, I, I don't know if I mentioned before, but I also race speedboats semi-professionally. And, and that's been one of my passions outside of work and baseball throughout my life that put a lot of emphasis on 
hard work, moving fast, winning, and, and just getting it done, right? So I think kind of combining all those things, as well as a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, people saying I couldn't sell, <laughs> created a pretty great organization we had today. Fantastic. If you, if you ain't first, you're last. And I feel like you are the Ricky Bobby of uh, today right now, Dell. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's my, uh, my idol growing up. <laughs> One of the things that we always ask our participants is, what do you miss about being a part of the Moravian community? On a day-in, day-out basis, not being on campus, what's that one thing that you miss experiencing every day? And I'm sure you and Matt have very similar, obviously, answers to that question. And Matt, obviously, having an opportunity of, of experiencing that still. But Dylan, for you, what's, what's that one thing that, that makes Moravian Moravian? Again, it's the people I think I miss the most. Waking up in a room or a house of 10, 10 guys that are your best friends and figuring out what you want to do for the day on a nice Saturday in the spring, right? And sure. going to practice after going out in the quad and throwing, all those things that made the experience. And then just also, you know, walking down to Roosevelt's senior year for a beer and enjoying some of that too with some guys. You know, that was what I enjoyed the most and what I really I missed the most looking back on it. You know, I still stay in touch with a lot of, a lot of guys that I went to college with and graduated with. But just being so close-knit with that group of guys is definitely something I look back on in this today. Yeah, I would agree, Dylan. It's nice that we have stayed close, whether it's a fantasy football league or doing the Mega Bowl every summer. You know, there's there's certain things that are nice. And then obviously homecoming is, is really a big opportunity for us to all get back together. And something that I've noticed with us, it seems like we're pretty pretty all or nothing. You know, we really want all 10 or 11 of us, you know, whatever it may be to be able to get together or else, you know, it's just not as good of a time unless you have everybody like we had it. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's still that team thought process, right? We're, we're in this together. We win as a team. We lose as a team. Uh, we're going to go out and have a good time as a team. Well, fantastic. Dylan, I really appreciated having you on and it was a real pleasure for you to be on with both Matt and I today. And for all of you who are tuning in, we are going to have our last episode of season two with Jill Anderson, our Vice President of Development and Alumni Engagement. And look for that episode to be launching on Wednesday, June 16th. For everyone that's joining today, thanks so much for tuning in and hound them.